1: All right, there are a lot of smells out there that are, you know, obviously repulsive and gag influencing. <laughs> for me, one of the weirdest ones is ketchup. Not, not, what? not fresh. Really? No, no, no. Not fresh ketchup. Because I love ketchup on, you know, most meats, uh, burgers, dogs, fries, all that stuff. But if it's been left out for a while or it's in the trash, there is something rancid, at least to me, about stale and, uh, Uh, fermenting ketchup okay so i come into the uh i come into the station today this is brian murphy of the pioneer press and TwinCities.com filling in for Roycey on the ride here at sports talk uh glad to be back guys um i go into the prep room and i can't get the smell of stale fermenting ketchup out of uh, i just can't understand where it's coming from i checked both garbage cans no no evidence of ketchup. I thought maybe, Manny, you had been chowing on something that had ke- uh-uh. I could not find any evidence of ketchup in the entire room. So about 10 minutes ago, I go to the bathroom just to, you know, to get my uh, pre-show work in. And uh, I, I, I look in the mirror, and what do I see? A glob of ketchup is on my shirt <laughs> about five <laughs> inches below my oh. mouth and nose. Uh, I had fries for lunch uh. at about 1230. So that had been sitting there on my shirt. Fermenting for
0: almost two hours, and I had and nobody. No, idea. no, when you walked by, nobody. You, didn't, did you saw by. me? Did I you say anything? I didn't. I didn't see it. <laughs> I mean, it was <laughs> dead, dead center. I didn't see it. Dead center. I did not. I didn't see it. Uh,
1: <laughs> but I'm glad I at least got to solve the mystery because I just I, there's something creepy and just I don't know. I just I, gag at the smell of fermenting ketchup, and it was it was me all along, and it was, it was right was in front following me. you
0: along. I, I can I can I sympathize because this was this happened to me just a couple of weeks ago. I pulled into a holiday to put some air in my tire. One of one of my my back right tire was a little was running a little bit low, so I just wanted to put a little air in it. I had apparently I had ran over like a ketchup and mustard packet of some sort that was on the ground because I looked at my tire and I could see like ketchup and mustard just kind of like splattered all over the tire. Not a lot, but just, you know, kind of splattered on a specific spot. And it it reeked. It just reeked. It was, it was, it was, and it was really, really, really potent. And it's like one packet of ketchup, one packet of mustard. And I could smell it from five, six feet away from my car. I could smell it like, it was a powerful aroma. Yeah,
1: right. There's just something about it that yeah, just kind of gets under your skin a little bit. And like I said, I'm a huge
0: And you mix that in with you mix that you know, in mustard, with rubber yeah. with a rubber tire and on a hot a burning, day uh, on a hot day and a burning engine, like not literally burning engine, but you know what I mean, a warm engine on a vehicle. Yeah, that's a big stew. It's, that's right pretty, right there. It's, yeah, that's it's pretty bad. So I understand what you're no, saying. No, but I love
1: ketchup. I mean I put it on burgers and then sometimes I, even though I put it on there, I'll dip it yeah. you know, in a pile. And then of course with fries, you gotta do it with fries. I do it with hot dogs and mustard. I know that's sacrilegious because most people say you should only put mustard on a hot dog. Otherwise, it's un-American. But I, I mix I mix ketchup in with that. I'm not anti-ketchup. I'm anti-old ketchup. I'm anti-leftover ketchup. I'm, a, I'm anti-trashed ketchup or fermenting ketchup.
0: I only do ketchup on a burger or a hot dog.
2: What's odd is Never you,
0: don't, you don't like...
2: The, the fermented smell, but you do enjoy the actual flavor. Yeah, of, it's a
0: fine condiment. I mean, that's
2: weird. And But
1: I, I don't know if it's because as soon as it's been out for a while it starts, you know, maybe hmm. like beer a little bit. I mean, Chris, I mean you would be the resident expert on I'm that. I'm trying to you think if, if, yeah. I, 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 as beer sits out a little bit long, maybe in 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 a warm weather. Not a problem. With no, me. no, you, you'll you ring out the <laughs> bar rag if you have to, <laughs> won't you? <laughs> no, I'm just
2: saying it usually doesn't sit out too long. <laughs> oh, I see. That's yeah. my point um stale beer is an awful smell like the day after a party you know the the one that that will get me and i i was home yesterday so i was doing some yard work but i'll find this if i'm mowing my lawn or if i pump gas if it gets on like my shoes Have you guys ever had that that's the that that's the overwhelming because then you're in oh, the car yeah, yeah by yourself and you're like whoa oh, boy i gotta yeah. roll the windows down and let her air out a little bit but i usually i like i love the smell of diesel fuel when I kind of like that highway. too.
1: Yeah, I like mm-hmm. the smell of gasoline. Uh, you know, a
2: good spillage at the pump. Because I, because yeah, I have the only child in America that does not like ketchup. My three-year-old son will not eat it. Really, if it's anywhere even remotely close to his plate, he won't touch food. I don't. I don't know why. If he, if it's he doesn't really grasp the concept. I have no idea, but I have the only kid in the country that does yeah, not like ketchup. Yeah, I mean, my
1: kids love it. And they'll put it on anything. Chicken. Right. Yes. Uh, I've well, Judd does that, too. I've caught my... Oh, that's bad for an adult. It's, that's just ridiculous. Well, he's, he's
2: the largest <laughs> child we all know. Yeah, good point.
1: But I caught my daughter one time dipping her like raw vegetables in no. it. Oh! You know? After no. after scooping up her nuggets in it. Which kids I and think ketchup go hand right. in hand, yes. In fact, my, uh, my daughter, when she was about... Well, it was when... My daughter's eight, and she's going to be nine in August. Uh, my son's seven and a half. When he was born, we had friends over watching my daughter, who had been a year and a half at the time, while we were in the hospital. And she used to call ketchup dip, you know, at that mm-hmm. time, because sure. that's all she knew. It was just dip. I yep. dip my food to dip, dip. Well, we had friends over, and they, they cooked nuggets or whatever they cooked for her that night. And she kept sitting there in the high chair demanding dip, dip. Dip and they couldn't figure out what they, you know. What do you mean, dip? Like you know, like chip dip? No, and dip. I think they not even even brought the, the, the like French onion dip out. Sure. Like, is this what you? No, she dip. Finally, they took her out of the seat. She walked in, opened the refrigerator, you and pointed right to the ketchup. The ketchup. <laughs> she pointed to the ketchup. Dip. Yeah. That's my dip. Now, now she's again almost nine, and you know she would I, she would actually just lick it off the plate if we let her. Just, I don't know. Ketchup uh, belongs on mostly red meat not steak of course not chicken either i can't That's not red chicken. meat that's white meat yeah, it I, shouldn't yeah. be anywhere near white meat
2: but kids have they kind of formulate as you well know being a dad they they formulate their own rules with just about everything and i love going through the almost the innocence of of how they're exploring certain things. Case in point, with your daughter, you just smelled your shirt I, because it's I still just there. Watched you smell <laughs> your still shirt; it's still there.
1: I wiped it off, but I still <laughs> caught a whiff of it. I just caught a whiff of it right now. It's still there. I, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be in this prison for the
0: next three I hours. I was gonna
2: say, what are you gonna do till six o'clock?
0: You're gonna. You're gonna I may just that, take it off. You're gonna run that shirt through the washer like three times, aren't I'm you? I'm gonna fumigate it is what <laughs> I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna hang it out on the
1: clothesline for some fresh air. Or it, I may. I may. Reveal my man boobs, just like Roycey or should I not do that? Oh, my God. It makes good radio, does it not? So I'm disappointed,
2: because I I know we're going to talk to the young man later in the program here, but I was like the last person to find out that, because I had the last two days off, and the beauty of doing that, you can unplug. You don't have to be on social media you don't have to pay attention to anything. It's wonderful.
1: Yeah, I had no idea he Especially was taking summer.
2: I had no idea he was taking the train to Chicago. What um,
0: a dummy! Am
1: I on train. Oh, I didn't know he took the train. Yes, yeah, he took oh the train. okay,
0: yeah. Did he, You guys talk to him yesterday? Well, I, uh, I was here yesterday. Yeah, he's, he's he took he the was train. doing the show yesterday, but he decided
2: yeah. that instead of driving to Chicago to take in Cubs and Twins that he and the bride were going to take the choo-choo. Isn't it like 11 hours or something? And he has already admitted, or he admitted, I think about 45 minutes in, that this was the worst decision he has ever made.
1: Well, well, good. We'll get the recap now because he's already there. Uh, I thought when you said he's riding the train, I'm thinking the L.
2: No. so And I was going to go, the reason I had the last couple of days off is I was going to take the boys... To the first game at Guaranteed Rate Field, because that's what it's called now. That's what we call Comiskey. it. But the weather forecast didn't cooperate, so I didn't want to spend six and a half hours each way to wait out a rainstorm for yeah. a night baseball game with a with a boys ages six and three. So Are we to bring
1: up, him to Wrigley. Well, eventually, no. Or?
2: Well, I my son, my oldest son, and I went to Wrigley last summer. Okay, but the three year old he doesn't really have the attention span no. for that. So this was going to be the first boys' trip with dad. But I we decided to stay home because. You know, you can't wait out the weather. It's 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 you're at the mercy of that. So anyway,
1: yeah. Well, we'll check in with Royce. I think at about four forty on his trip to Chicago and what uh, he has in plan in store for his Wrigley Field. Visit tomorrow, I believe. We'll also have Derek Wetmore at four fifteen talking Twins, who I think are still scoreless. If I turn around, yep, zero 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 in the top seventh. Of the seventh at guaranteed rate, financial blah blah blah. That field. Hot
0: hitting Logan Morrison at the plate right now. Oh,
1: oh, is yeah. he going to crack one ninety with this uh, at bat? Hey, he has been an utter yeah. and complete disaster. They are, they're lucky they only got him for one year. And then finally, Courtney Cronin of ESPN.com at 5.15. She'll talk a little bit more about Daniel Hunter's deal and maybe some intrigue uh, with the Vikings. We're only four weeks out from training camp. Can't talk enough NFL mm-hmm. at all. Uh, this is Murphy in for Royce here on 1500 ESPN. <laughs> Did you do Detroit Rock City just for me? Absolutely. Oh, I love you, Reeves. Thank you. It's you been so it. long since I've
2: been here. It has been a while. Well, you've you've done some stuff with Mackie and Judd. Yeah, though, yeah I've, I've been seen doing some morning
1: here. stuff here, but uh, I haven't been on in the afternoon in a while, so it's that time of year where everybody's bailing,
2: right? As the uh, mayor likes to put it, 4th of July, weekish. Weekish. We're light on personnel.
1: Yeah, it's going to be on. a little bit lighter. I'll be on uh, next uh, Friday, too, the 6th, uh, in for the mayor as well. Just Beautiful. A little tease right now. Beautiful. Are you guys going to be around next week? Or Outside of
2: get? the 4th, we're here. Me yeah. and Manny are
1: the ones that got to work. Way to grind. Yeah, yeah. We're dedicated. I'm going to the Dells with the family. On the uh-huh. 4th of July? Uh, not only, not just the 4th, starting Sunday, four days. Four days at the <gasps> Dells. What am I getting myself into? <laughs> We're staying at an all-inclusive type place with four water parks, but it sounds like there's going to be five billion people there.
2: Yeah, and especially and considering gonna the, gonna the fact cooker, that it's going to be hot 100
1: degrees, you're gonna, you're you not going to be gonna alone.
0: Fry. We're yeah, not going to be those... alone,
1: and not, not, the cooler will not be empty. Let's put it. That oh way. no, you have to. You have to hydrate. That's you, for sure. You, you got to bring can't... some travelers. Too. Yeah. Do you... they
2: crack down on that out there? You know what? We were going to do that over. We were just talking about this oddly enough off the air, but we were going to do that over Christmas break a couple of years ago. Some of the indoor ones yeah, yeah. because it's in the summer. It's so packed and it's just too much. But we were in. I so I don't know I don't know how you're how you're shaping well, up. Well, it's here. not
1: only just myself, wife, and two kids; it's my in-laws as well. Uh, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, with their three children, including a two-year-old, mm-hmm. and and the mother-in-law, but and and the two twenty-year-old younger brothers with no kids. So we've got a crew. <laughs> wow, we've got ourselves a crew. You know what you need? All is, in one room.
2: No, I'm kidding. You need a map with a plan. That's I what am you're not in need. charge. Okay. I I
1: have deferred. We've got a lot of Type <laughs> A's. Uh, mostly the women, and I am not going to be involved in anything that involves planning, responsibility,
2: uh, or forethought. I'll put it this way. We were up in Duluth uh, Mother's Day weekend, and I had an event on Saturday, and then Sunday we just kind of spent the day for, you know, it was a family trip, basically up to Duluth for the weekend. And we stayed at one of those all-inclusive water park deals in Duluth, and I know if you're talking about the crackdown, I know that I brought a cooler with me for me and the bride mm-hmm. and nobody said a word to us. Just open, I don't know if everybody has the same rules or Did what. you have open glass or no, did no, you kind of camouflage No, they were all they were all cans. Okay. They're all they were all cans. Do you have cozies too, just to keep them? Uh,
1: you probably didn't on Mother's Day weekend. It was a little uh, no. I
2: average. don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think we did. Are you anti cozy? Not you, at all. You, no, okay. not at all. Not at all. Uh, I. But I just think that I've, out of out of. I. don't think we brought brought any with us. Any solo cups, can, or you just went straight can? No, straight can. Yeah, straight can, homie. That's all what right. we did.
1: <laughs> uh, Logan Morrison could be your hero today, right? He just went deep. Yeah. Off uh Lucas uh, what is it
2: Giolati Lucas Giolito. Giolito, one of the prize uh, prospects that they received from Washington in the Adam Eaton trade. A well, he, of did, years g- ago. he did he
1: did no hit him into the sixth, mm-hmm. uh but right now it's one nothing twins. I see a lot of running going on though right behind me. Yeah, we had a base.
2: Hit. We've got runners at the corners right now. Yeah, looks one like obviously. Oh, they're kicking up their out.
0: heels. One out. Looks like Garcia had a little bit of a sieve moment there in But right field. What is
2: the shame of this season has perfectly been encapsulated by this particular series?
0: Yeah. How you, are you not
1: scoring against the Chicago White
2: Sox? Well, And there? that, and the, the disappointment by losing the first two games of this series, it's just deflating because I know Cleveland lost the first game of their series yeah, when it's, Kluber was pitching. But
1: there, it's eight games now. It's, it might as well over. be 15. It's over. I agree. Y-
2: you aren't going to be able, and especially if. And Cleveland's been awful too. If they yeah. get hot, they're a ten ten out of twelve streak away from just putting the the Tigers and the Twins in the grave. Do we not all expect the fire sale to be, to be happening relatively? Sad
1: Levine does. We can get into this with Derek Wedmore in about an hour. But did you see the interview that? No. Oh, he. Uh, I should pull it up. He gave a uh, interview to MLB.com dot com where he basically said, and I am paraphrasing. There comes a point in time where you certainly you know you could sit there and hope that, you know, these guys will come back and we'll catch fire. But at a certain point in time, you've got to acknowledge, maybe this is just exactly who we are. And mm-hmm. and he went on to say, basically, they're probably going to be sellers.
2: But I also think that that was probably the thought that they had last year because they sold at they the did. deadline. Yeah. And, and then, then they the went 20-7 in and, and, and August and got back into contention. You know what? Maybe that's what they need. They need to sell right now they and let the going. team catch fire. So again. they need their front office to turn on them to get motivated? That's
1: see? the only thing that'll turn these twins on. That's right. <laughs> but i everybody's agree. against us. They
2: can hammer themselves to the cross Thanks, Cheryl and Reeve. play the martyr. <laughs> that's what did My, that's the, isn't that the quote she had yesterday? Who? Cheryl Reeve. Oh, what did I didn't see it? <laughs> she said something did she <laughs> martyr herself? Oh yeah, because she's the queen of yeah, that. I know. Um Careful but, with that. What do you mean? Uh, she'll take offense to them. Well, f- whatever. But she did the whole, <laughs> after the
0: game, like, you know, everybody's doubting us. Well,
2: you guys <laughs> you were, were 3 and six. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had the
0: hot take. I had the scolding hot take that they would miss the playoffs, but they were 3-6 and six at the time. Hey, and, you want to be scrutinized in the big leagues? That's what happens. Oh. You know what? I'll take credit for getting them going again. That a boy, Manny. That's what you do. You motivate. I, I said they wouldn't make the playoffs, and they haven't lost since I said that, so... Welcome to the club. Hey, I didn't see the video. (laughs) I only read
1: about this, but uh, Gene Glenn and and Paul Molitor getting tossed uh th- these are the two most mild-mannered guys certainly on the team
2: uh, i in, was only able to listen because we had a game at the same time that they did last night so i didn't get to see much of last night i looked game. for highlights i couldn't find anything but uh from what i gathered that there was a lot of issues with the home plate umpire is that what i'm is that what i'm making well it was, it was balk related i think there had been because the, they had reversed a call they reversed
1: they thought there was a balk i think in the fifth inning that didn't get called and then in the sixth inning they did call a balk, and then Renteria, uh, the White Sox manager, came out and said, hey, can you guys get together and and maybe not review this replay-wise, but put your heads together, the four-man crew. Because that's not a reviewable It's not a call. reviewable play, but I guess apparently as a manager, you have the right to say, hey, to can you guys consult your, your uh, I don't know which umpire called it, whether it was the home plate umpire. Jerry Davis was the crew chief. I believe he was at third. Mm-hmm. And it was like almost two parallel things going on because you had the the, the miss balk maybe in the fifth inning, then the balk getting overturned in the against the Twins because Davis was
0: the one who threw Glenn out, right?
1: Davis was the one who threw Glenn out, but that had to do more with what Glenn had Glenn had mentioned to Davis apparently, and uh, you know, the quotes were sometimes you know I, he asked him about Shields not stopping and uh, that that. Davis had come back with what he thought was an insulting quote, an insulting sarcastic line at me. That ended and I went to the dugout, nothing said. I came out, nothing said, which wasn't gonna be uh I thought there was oh, he basically said next inning to Davis, I thought that was a horse blank thing that you told me. <laughs> In other words, wow. your sarcasm I did not appreciate. So then it becomes, well, uh, is horse bleep profanity well i i believe it is because yeah. we're bleeping out the, the portion that and we need it's it. all about tone and the way it's yeah, directed yeah and yeah and it's like you're look you're the third base coach he's the third base umpire and he's the crew chief he's been around a while uh, and there
2: could be a history between those
1: two i don't think there's a history i mean gene glenn berardino pointed out of this in his story had not been tossed from any game in the major league since 2001 we have some. and he had not i mean that's 17 years He'd never been tossed, and Gene Glenn is one of the most easygoing guys you'll ever meet in that dugout.
0: I just think, I just believe, this is my personal belief, that all coaches and officials and managers of every sport should be mic'd up. Because I just want to hear these conversations. just Well, did you just see, want to hear them. Did
1: you see what got leaked out from a couple of years ago on Terry Collins? Oh yeah, and, uh, oh yeah, it was great. Tim, was it Tim Timmons? I can't think of the,
3: the. What was the
0: name of the? What was the name of the umpire? Reavers? No, it wasn't Terry Tim Collins. Timmons it was. Uh,
3: He's listening to sound. We have the coach from last night. He's just previewing it to make sure there's no cursing
2: in it. Yeah, him. I gotta make sure. Gene Glenn,
3: you yeah. had a had mic? No, no, but somebody shoved a mic in his face after the game, and we have. Oh, the audio. Glenn. Yeah. And oh, the, uh, not huh. even Molitor. It's it's, it's Molitor. Oh, I, yeah, no, Molitor. We have the other oh, Molitor. you do? Yeah, no. I was looking
2: at Molitor. Gene oh, Glynn.
1: Geez. Yeah, Gene Glynn was interviewed uh,
2: last night. No, the night.
3: Molitor uh, sound is boring, but the Glenn stuff is
4: were they pretty playing good.
0: It, were the boys playing it this morning or something, Kenny? Uh, we played, Dave played. When, when I Molitor. asked him
4: about uh, Shields not stopping, he had just came back with a very, I thought, an insulting, sarcastic line to me. That ended, I went in the dugout, nothing said. I came out, nothing said which I wasn't going to say anything. And then when Rosario got on third, I just walked up to Rosario, and then Jerry ended up there, and I just told him. I said, I thought that was a horse (laughs) thing you said to me last (laughs) night. There you go. the conversation started, and um, as we started to separate, I said, well, think whatever you want. I still think it was a horse (laughs) thing you said. He threw me. Well, at that point, I didn't care. Then I said whatever I wanted to say. I was already thrown out. (laughs) But I didn't swear at him or cuss or anything before it, unless horse in today's world is cussing. Oh Gene. <laughs>
2: Bravo. Gene doesn't think horse bleep is the cussing. Pride of Wasika right there, man.
1: I love that stuff. We're getting all politically correct now because horse bleep is not profanity? I believe horse bleep is profanity. Yes. I mean the back end of that word is profanity. Mm-hmm. Well we can discuss this when we come back at some point. But this is Brian Murphy in for Patrick Royce on Sports Talk here 1500
2: ESPN. Now we're going to head out east and get the Your Money Now report courtesy of our friends down in Owatonna, Minnesota at Federated Insurance. Speaking of horse bleep,
5: here's Bruce Vale with Your Money Now. Yeah, great. Now i got to edit my script. Hold on a minute here. i got to take a couple words out. Stocks were higher at the market close today. Investors were weighing uncertainty over trade policy, but they did send the Dow Jones Industrial Average up 98 points to 24,216. The NASDAQ Composite it rose 58 points, and the S&P 500 gained 16. The maker of Jack Daniels Whiskey is dropping its long-running sponsorship of Alaska's 1,000-mile Iditarod dog sled race. The action by Brown Foreman follows a tough year for race organizers who have faced financial hardships, the loss of other sponsors, and the first-ever dog doping scandal. Jack Daniels said it has decided to shift most of its marketing efforts to a partnership with the NBA. More than 30 consumer groups have sent letters to the Federal Trade Commission asking the agency to investigate Facebook and Google and force those companies to implement more clear privacy settings. The groups allege that the two Internet giants purposely designed their apps to confuse users into giving up personal information. I'm Bruce Vail with Your Money Now on 1500 ESPN.
3: Okay, Bruce, we thank you very much. You can go now. We'll talk again tomorrow. Checking traffic here. Things are pretty busy at this point. This report sponsored by Jersey Mike Subs. Uh, eastbound 694, for instance, just gross between 100 and 35W. You're looking at at least 20 minutes there. The westbound side of 694, you're plugging up. Hold on, right around, yeah, right around Highway 65, riding the brakes over to 100. If you're rolling between the downtowns, westbound 94 at 20 minutes, eastbound between is a 12-minute drive. The sub above difference is substantial. After all, the Giant got its name for a reason. It ain't little. Jersey Mike's be a sub above. Thick and 76
1: tonight, then hot, soggy, and... Another troubling and sad uh, day uh, in American uh, life. We have a mass shooting out of Annapolis, Maryland. John
4: Hyde, I assume you got uh, an update on that story? Yes, I'll have that for you right after. uh, We'll do some sports headlines, get right to that. Uh, Thanks, Murph. It's sunny and 85 degrees. One-zip twins right now. They do have the bases loaded, though, and, uh, well, one-zip twins, as I said, after six and a half. Uh, Logan Morrison with a home run, a solo shot for the lead,
0: and Robbie Grossman just lined into a double play, bases
4: loaded double play. Uh, really oh, there you nice go. Nice job, Robbie. Great who time. got doubled off? Uh, uh, who was that? Adrianza, maybe? Maybe not yeah. sure. Uh, we also know now who will start Saturday against the Cubs for the Twins. Fernando Romero, of course, sent down last weekend, and uh, lefty Alberto Mejia will return from Rochester to make the start. He did start 21 games for the Twins last year. Uh, News notes from today, what Murph was talking about. Multiple people shot today at a newspaper in Annapolis, Maryland, with a witness saying a single gunman fired into the newsroom. Uh, There are reports that four have been killed, but there is no official word of that yet. A reporter at the Capital Gazette tweeted that a single individual shot multiple people. Phil Davis, who covers business and politics for the newspaper, tweeted that the gunman shot through the glass door to the office and opened fire on multiple employees. And Arendelle County Police Department spokesman uh, uh, Mark Lemanski, excuse me, said officers were looking in the building where the shooting was reported. Another police spokesperson, Lieutenant Ryan for sure, said at an afternoon news conference, we did have an active shooter situation inside that building. Did have injuries. I can't give you the extent of those injuries at this point. He added once the building is secure, we'll give you more information whether the suspect is in custody, although reports say there is one person in custody spokeswoman for a hospital there the newspaper said two patients had arrived there but she didn't know their condition so we'll update you on that obviously as uh, more info comes in Uh, also breaking news here in minnesota The Public Utilities Commission today unanimously approving a certificate of need for the Enbridge Energy Line 3 oil pipeline, with commissioners reasoning their hands were tied by limits to their authority over oil transportation. A decision on the pipeline's route is still pending. uh, Deliberations were tense and emotional during that meeting today. The chair of the Public Utilities Commission, Nancy Lang, broke down at one point. Oh, I was going to ask in jest, did somebody cry? Yes, they did. Wow. She, uh, wow. she broke down at one point, Kenny grabbing a handful of tissues and expressing how conflicted she was about allowing fossil fuels to cross the state for decades to come. Wow. She cried. Did somebody, cried. was there somebody there to console her? Well, they gave her the tissues. They, they said, here, have some tissues.
2: Maybe t- give t- her a sedative? If Pat was sitting next to her, he'd say, do you need us to call you an ambulance? <laughs> like he did <laughs> to the gal at the movie. Of
5: course.
2: Wow. <laughs> The charges
4: against one of those two parents charged in connection to a weapon seizure in Vadnais Heights in March have been dropped, according to court records. Remember this story? Christopher Stowe had previously been charged with two felony counts of possession of a machine gun or short-barreled shotgun, as well as a misdemeanor count of negligent storage of firearms. He pleaded not guilty in April. Court records confirm the charges against Stowe were dismissed yesterday. Stowe's wife, Lisa Stowe, still faces a negligent storage-of-firearms charge. The Stowe's were arrested after authorities seized some weapons at their home. It occurred after authorities say the Stowe's 13-year-old son threatened a classmate at school. The 13-year-old was also charged with threats of violence. A weird story from the border. U.S. Customs and Border Patrol agents seized nearly 900 counterfeit coolers. At the port, uh, portal port of entry. In in this state? Uh Uh-huh. Oh. Agency said the coolers uh, were bound for Minneapolis. They said the coolers had built-in stereo systems, but they had counterfeit markings on them. They were valued at more than $170,000. Coolers were in a rail container bound for Minneapolis. How would they know to even look for something like that? Oh, somebody tipped them off, Uh, right? uh, Somebody had to. Anybody got a cooler with a stereo
3: built in? No, that's that's too much. That's too much nonsense. I just for want a the ice to not melt. That's, that's all I can. That's add. all we need right there, <laughs> yeah. right there. And I hear the Yeti is the best. And there's also a knockoff yeah. of the Yeti that's about half the price that is just as good.
2: You spend about half that money. Well, you got one. I have one with a stereo (laughs) in it, and it fell off the back of a pontoon at a bachelor party. Whoops. (laughs) It's sitting in the bottom of Cannon Lake, if anybody finds it. Well, good, you deserve that. (laughs) I'm blah, blah, flying away, and he's
3: looking down, his face (laughs) is getting red, (laughs) his his
2: hand slowly going up, (laughs) full disclosure Totally had one. My brother had one that you could drive. Remember those? They had the the handlebars. What ever
3: possessed you guys to spend that much on a cooler? Redneck parties, baby. Hitty. That's what we do. Wow. I, I had a friend
1: uh, who had the Yeti uh, and came in handy over Memorial Day weekend. It, it did not lose a. A, a oh no, that's fantastic yeah. for yeah. the entire weekend. Really? But I'm it costs four hundred dollars. Yeah. So I, I <laughs> yeah. I'm
2: sorry. I, just I know didn't. a guy that owns a hardware stores, so he got me a deal on one. But they're they're great coolers. But the other, they they are spendy. There is a brand out there, Murph, that
3: it's not the Yeti brand, but I'm I've been told they're just as good and they're half the price. Oh, okay, oh. kind of
2: like Hydrox as opposed to Oreos, or <laughs> yeah, <like> <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah, that, they're yeah. the Hydrox cookie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, By the way, Kenny, just to answer your other question, um, if you have the cooler with the handlebars and the wheels and go stooling around the campground, you are the coolest guy ever on a Saturday night. (laughs) Are are you sure about that? Uh, Are they laughing? That's a
1: pretty subjective thing to say. (laughs) Are they laughing laughing with with you? Are you sure about that? I think so.
3: (laughs) Look at
2: him taking another round of that cooler. Can you do
1: donuts with it? Oh, Yeah.
2: I wonder if you could get pulled over for drunk driving.
1: Oh, yeah, you could. You could do You can do it on a, a rider mower. You probably should on a
3: we cooler. We wondered
2: that same thing, and we thought as long as we're on dirt at the campground, we're fine. But if we go on blacktop, we might be in trouble. You
3: need a sober driver for your cooler.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Drive me to the
2: bathroom, you little bastard. <laughs>
4: <laughs> a woman who drove nearly 20 miles with her ex-boyfriend clinging to the hood <laughs> of her speeding car oh. has been arrested on a negligence wow. connection in Florida. I want to meet her. 20- wow. She has a cooler oh, that she drives no
0: fury like a woman scores. What <laughs> a mess.
4: Oh. 24-year-old Patricia Isidore was collared for exposing 22-year-old Junior Francis to risk of injury or death. According to a complaint affidavit, Isidore and Francis had a dispute this past Sunday as Isidore began to depart a residence in Lauderhill in a 2010 Mercedes registered to both parties. In an attempt to keep Isidore from leaving, Francis climbed onto the auto's hood. Undeterred by the man atop the car, Isidore began driving on local roads that led her to Interstate 95 oh God. Boy, where she pulled into the express lane at speed consistent with other traffic. That a girl. A fellow motorist recorded Francis wow. holding on for dear life as the Mercedes approached seventy miles an hour. Wow. His terrifying ride ended when Isidore pulled up to an intersection where they were subsequently contacted by Broward County Sheriff's Office deputies. Isidore, investigators alleged, had multiple opportunities to stop the car and call 911, but instead willfully put the victim in danger by driving the vehicle for a distance of about 19 miles. 19 wow.
1: miles! That's like a half hour! And wow. he held
4: on the whole way. Did she turn the wipers on to slap <laughs> him in the face?
0: <laughs> Man, don't uh, he, make her mad.
4: He did. Uh, he was able, while the car was driving, I didn't bring that part of the story, but he was able to call nine one one on the hood, on, on the, the phone. hood, holding on. one hand. Then, and he said, "Hey, I'm." And he, of course, yeah. They, how do you explain they, that? They tried to figure out where he was, and they finally did from his phone call. So, uh,
3: but if anybody should be able to read the room, it's him. He should have known she
2: was she capable was capable of, of doing this. I yeah. say we turn uh-huh.
3: her loose. She <laughs> needs to be out in society
4: among all of us. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> all right, all thank you, John. You bet.
1: All right, we'll be back with more of sports talk right after this
4: after
3: extensive research i discovered i discovered the cooler that i was speaking of Ah. just like the yeti half the price it's r-t-i-c i I believe you can only order them but i've been told they're wonderful coolers r-t-i-c r-t-i-c
4: yep johnny a Florida woman has finished up a more than 100 mile voyage from Cuba to the Florida Keys on a stand-up paddleboard. What a nerd! <laughs> Victoria Burgess arrived in Key West yesterday, paddling across the Florida Straits in just under 28 hours. Wow! Now you diss her compared to the lunatic who had the boyfriend on the hood? <laughs> no, I'm a mess. Uh, what? <laughs> How did she stand up the whole time? Uh By uh, Man, I don't think you can sit on those. That's pretty ballsy. Burgess is believed to be the first woman to make the trip from Cuba to the Keys on a stand-up paddleboard. She's 34. She said to want to set a record and serve to as to serve as inspiration to others to accomplish their goals. She says she hopes to have the feat sanctioned by Guinness World Records. She's a fire inspector for Pompano Beach previously served as a firefighter and paramedic
3: you suppose all the cubans that uh, came across in those makeshift life rafts that they built out of raincoats that they're just kicking themselves right now <laughs> I just all we needed was a paddle boat, boat. All they needed was that.
1: <laughs> raincoats i think you're confusing the alcatraz guys aren't <laughs> totally, you? <laughs> yeah totally
4: yeah. didn't they have the old chevys that they tried to turn into boats <laughs> they did yes yeah. a couple of them turned cars into boats yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: imagine metal not sinking
4: <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe how often this happens authorities say a woman drove drunk to a new jersey police station to pick up a man who had been charged with drunken driving
2: all of this happens quite often oh <laughs> yeah, yeah it's about
4: a dozen times a year i'll go get him
2: <laughs> mount- <laughs> it's <laughs> my turn on my way. I'm up, I'm up. mount olive police
4: say a 49 uh, say 49 year old melissa Vital of rockaway new jersey appeared impaired when she arrived at the station she was soon charged with drunken driving after she failed all their sobriety tests Authorities say 45-year-old Robert Wolf of Washington had called her and asked her to pick him up after he had been charged with drunken driving. Wolf had been arrested after he made an illegal turn. Wow. What did? Who did she call then? <laughs> Ooh, good point. <laughs> probably probably call him. Marcia. She
1: probably she's, she's tried standard. to call him. Yeah. <laughs> Marcia's still at the bar. Right.
3: <laughs> I've never been in a position where I've had to call or, or be called. I'm wondering, when you call somebody to pick you up, uh, when you're at the police station, Chris... Do they do they do they make the driver come in? Can't you just wait in the car out front?
2: I mean, I said a drive
1: through. You got to go sign some papers,
2: I think. But but what I was going to ask is what if you walked there to go pick up your friend? Or do you have to drive them home? And what the hell's wrong with Uber? You can walk and drink. Right. Just tell the loser to call an Uber. <laughs> well, but the problem is if you're in a you know, if you're in Medford, Minnesota, they don't have Uber down there. Well, they got some doofus in his four-wheeler. That's true. <laughs> what address do you put in? Jail cell? Right. Yeah. Steel
0: <laughs> County Prison. If you're way out in the middle of nowhere, you could probably call you an Uber. It's probably going to cost you about two grand. No, you know what you do out in the middle of nowhere? You call yourself a Yeti. <laughs> yes. Get off that
4: cooler and get here. Yeah. <laughs> In Great Britain, a man has been jailed after, uh, well, misusing the 999. That's the same as our 911. Uh, 58-year-old Dan, uh, Donald Robertson first reported a fake fire call. Uh, then he also uh, claimed to be capsized or under a capsized canoe when he called 911. What actually happened was he was sitting in his house, and he was very intoxicated. <laughs> oh, of <course>. Once again. <laughs> cops, oh, <of> course. cops <laughs> fire crews, and paramedics were sent out when he called and said he was drowning in the River Tay. The city sheriff told the courts checks on the mobile number led to the accuser's apartment. We got there. He was heavily intoxicated (laughs) sitting on his couch. Why did he do this? Is there an explanation? Just that he was heavily intoxicated. Drunk and bored drunk. Uh, The whole thing cost taxpayers in Great Britain the equivalent of about $8,000. So uh, he has been thrown in jail for a week. Police in Wisconsin, Madison, say a man's plan to take videos up the skirts of women (laughs) was thwarted when his shoe camera exploded, <laughs> and half his foot went with it,
3: I'm seeing one of those old se- one of those old camcorders from the <laughs> 80s. Oh yeah,
1: duct tape to his shoe, <laughs> a battery pack on his hip, <laughs> <laughs> totally goes up to his knee. <laughs> <lead. laughs>
3: Hold still a second, ma'am. <laughs>
4: Gross. It's, uh, it's uh, kind of a weird story, Madison Police Chief Mike Koval. <laughs> kind of a weird you story? Think? Well, it gets weirder though. Oh, okay. Uh, Chief uh, of Madison, Mike Koval, said in his daily blog, the 32 year old man, tried to turn himself into police on Tuesday. Uh, Why? They didn't know. They never got that far. Uh, The man wasn't arrested because there wasn't any crime because uh, before he could take any video, the camera's battery fizzled and exploded while it was on his foot. No evidence. The uh, chief said yes, the man's foot was injured. Chief added the man was counseled on his actions and released because no video was taken. They do say the investigation is continuing, but they expect no charge. Well, he felt
1: guilty about it then. Boy, huh? yeah, I guess.
4: How's his foot? Uh, he'll, he'll be okay. Did he get <laughs> he'll a, be all right.
3: Did he get a new camera? Was it under warranty? <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a website? Oh, He <laughs> yes. has <Have> a
2: website. <laughs> uh, MyShoeCam.com. <laughs> Yuck. Stop it.
4: How could you think that?
2: Well,
4: <laughs> from the You Had One Job category, a quick-moving wildfire that ravaged a North Florida coastal community and destroyed... 36 homes last weekend was sparked by a controlled burn conducted by state hired contractors. Oh, uh, oops. Ag Commissioner Adam Putnam said an investigation by his office eliminated all possible causes, including lightning, arson, or an accidental fire. Fire broke out late Sunday in East Point, which is near the town of Apaloshiacola in Florida's panhandle. Authorities evacuated the area. Nobody died, luckily, as a result of the fire, but it left devastation in its wake for local residents who lost everything. Wow. The fire burned more than 800 acres. Officials said they were suspending the practice of controlled burns statewide while they investigate what happened. Uh, Controlled burns, of course, are used as a tool to manage forests, which includes burning away underbrush to lessen the danger of future wildfires. Doug Williams, the owner of Wildland Service, told the Tallahassee Democrat he had not been contacted by state officials. He did not know that Putnam said investigators had determined his company was the one responsible for the wildfire. Well, fire. that should be now called an uncontrolled fire. Is that- yes, <laughs> uncontrolled burn, right. Good point. How much is this uh, costing him? Are they finding him? Uh, they haven't said yet. They haven't even charged him yet, so mm-hmm. the charges probably still are pending. Good luck, fellow. And in Riddle, Oregon, Richard Nelson won the lottery a week before he was set to retire and he'll now get one thousand dollars per week for life. That's not bad. Well, well how old a thousand is he? bucks a week, I'd take it. How old is he? Well he's retiring and it doesn't say, so I'm okay. assuming he's, you know, in his sixties. Let's let's say sixty. Guys yeah.
2: retire in their sixties, John?
4: Well well they used so, to some that, that was hurtful, Chris. That really was. You're, you're a bastard, Chris. You're a bastard. Get I hate you. Uh, Nelson says he regularly plays. I am still working, life. I am on a train. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nelson says he'll continue to play the win-for-life game and was thankful that Wait, it happened at this time. Before we life. break, speaking of uh, the old man, when are you
3: guys going to have him on? 440. 440. And does he expect to be in Chicago by then?
1: I think he's just getting into Madison. <laughs> oh. No, yeah. I don't know Oh, that. God, I thought you were serious. No. No, you when did, ask, he leave? when you did he leave? You leave? be
2: right. Is he still on the train? Well, I, think, I would
0: assume so. I haven't seen a Twitter update. Early this morning he left, right? I did. Oh yeah, that's a good oh, ten
2: hours. Please God, let there be a delay so like a, a freight train had to pass them <laughs> by. I
3: warned him yesterday. I did that ride, and uh, yeah, I it's warned not. Him, it's not. Uh, it's no, not crisp. It's no, not crisp.
1: No. All right. Well, we'll be back with more so the wrap up sports talk right after this. I can't believe Johnny Height missed this one. Uh, from the Star Tribune, this is, a, this is a beautiful headline. All right. A 95-year-old main man was working on his deck when a rabid fox bit him, so he beat it to death with a wooden plank. Oh, my God. <laughs> Police say uh, uh, Robert Galen was working on his deck Monday when he en- encountered the 10-pound fox. The fox bit Galen's foot... But he didn't break the skin. He says he picked up a wooden plank when he saw the fox looking at him right in the eye. Oh. Galen says it took him about 10 minutes to beat the fox to death, and he injured his back after falling during the struggle. Animal control officials tested the animal and found it had rabies. Galen says he didn't contract the virus. That's a heck of a 95 year old there.
2: Holy cow. He, he looked him right in bit. the eye. He saw fear. Not today.
1: <laughs> Not today, fox. <laughs> Uh, That'll wrap up Sports Talk. Of course, I'll be back now filling in for Roycey on the ride. Uh, We'll get a hold of him at 440 on his train ride to Chicago. This is Brian Murphy in on 1500 ESPN.